I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello everyone and welcome back to An Omnia Paratus. I'm Jay, like the letter. And I'm Angela, also known as AVO. And you will be getting another special guest. Lucky you lovely listeners. One of our friends, Amanda, will be coming on the pod to discuss her favorite rom-coms. She is the queen of the genre. She introduces both to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, one of, I think, her favorites, but we'll find out. We're just going to jump straight into the episode as to not bore her with this intro. So yeah, get excited. Dance building. So you you were like, okay, just get jump in the front seat, just drive around the parking lot so that way I don't get a ticket. And of course, I'm like, I don't have a license. Are you sure you want me to do this? You're like, yeah, it's fine. It's just a parking lot. You just have to move the car just a little bit every once in a while so that I I don't get a ticket. So you were gone for like 30 minutes and I had to circle the parking lot like three or four times. Where the flagpole is? Yeah, where the flagpole is. The parking lot across from there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not lot 30. Five? The one by the, yeah, no, the one by the, 24. Is it 15? 36. <laughs> what are we calling lottery numbers now? I think we are. 48. Oh my Mega gosh. number two. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. I like that sounds me. That sounds like me. That sounds accurate. But like, I don't I have no recollection of this ever. <laughs> and I don't remember. Jay, when did you drive my car? I feel like everybody drove my car at one so point. To be it's the only time I ever drove in the city we went to school. Um, it was after one of our large concerts. Everyone really would like some food after kind of to detoxify their system after the fun time we all had. So you and our other friend were taking the socially responsible thing to let us take your car to go get some snacks. And on the way, oh, Angela and I were walking to your car. We, I was trying to see like how to open it with the button and there were people across the street when I hit it got really scared when the lights went blinking to unlock your car. They thought there was like a ghost around and they were freaking they were right out. next to your car at this moment. And they were probably intoxicated as well. And they jumped back and were like, oh my God, what's happening? The, well, the only thing I'm terrible with cars, just like I am with dog breeds, I'll ask politely like, oh, like what kind of car did you get? What kind of dog do you have? Not really knowing. All I know is your car is white, <laughs> I think. Yeah, And then, so I was trying to go up to the different white cars and like unlocking it. And I just happened to do it, get close enough when these people were walking by and they got really scared. Oh, like they thought the car was reacting to like their presence or something. Yeah. That's hilarious. Oh my God. I guess I remember this instance now. You guys want to go get like Jack in the Box tacos? (laughs) (laughs) I also realized once we got there, I never order my own food. I typically delegate that task as often as I can. So I realized when we pulled up with Angela, oh my god, I had to have her do it because I was like, oh my god, wait, we we I have to say something, but I don't normally order the food. Other people order the food, so Jay had to give me her order, and then I had to remember your orders, and I like leaned across her and was shouting into the little box, like, "Can I have some chicken nuggets and curly fries?" <laughs> Oh my God. It's all coming back to me now. Yes. Wow. I don't know why I forgot those, but yeah. (laughs) And so for those of you who weren't 
particularly involved in that one story and have recognized that there's a third voice amongst us today. This is actually our friend from college and fellow sorority sister, romantic comedy movie extraordinaire, Amanda. Oh my god. <laughs> and brown queen. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Hello, people of the internet. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Oh my god, can you tell I'm nervous? <laughs> you're good. It's okay. Your mar- your, your mango Rita's working. That oh, is. you have a mango Rita? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Sparkling. I almost made myself a Limerita, but I went for the Moscow Mule instead, and I really wish I'd gone for the Limerita. Mm. I saw one of my favorite YouTube influencers is currently pregnant, Angela. Mm-hmm. She was gifted a like a mom cocktail book. Oh. And I thought you would like it because obviously it's all mocktails. So like her husband made her like a Cosmom instead of like a Cosmo. Oh, All the that's recipes so look pretty good. So even though you're not a mother, you don't like alcohol. So <laughs> it'd be something, a cute book to try it. It's all mocktails. But I'm going to have to look for this on Amazon. I'm drinking a press hard seltzer, which is very fancy. It's lime lemongrass, premium alcohol seltzer with natural flavors. Ooh. Mine's just basic mango. <laughs> I love I mango wish, drinks. I wish I was fancy like Angela and just like stirred my own drink, but I literally just got this at like Food for Less. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Angela's fancy. I've gotten really bored in quarantine, guys. It just, it, it was bound to happen. You know what? It makes sense. Angela doing mixed drinks. I could see it. Really? Yeah. No? Is that just me? Like not because she likes alcohol, just because like, it's like a cool little thing she could do kind of like oh you want a freaking white russian i got you bleep, bleep, bleep. And just <laughs> oh my god guys what i just heard and you've all heard this now too is that i'm cool see when i imagine angela making drinks i kind of imagine a bunch of like colorful things around her and being like "Ooh, these two colors go well together and like not knowing what substance she's putting in the cup and then like having people drink it potions <laughs> Angela's a wizard. Loki, oh when I bake brownies, I actually pretend that I'm making a potion, but that harkens back to my fifth grade brownie making days. Nerd. Oh yeah. <laughs> All the way. I mean, at least you could bake. I, I like I can't. Like even really? most basic recipe. Yeah, no, I don't know what it is. I just like After years of living with your bag. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I guess that kind of contributes to it, Jay, though, because, like, she baked everything, so I just kind of sat back and ate it. There. I enjoyed the fruits of her labor. And they That's were how Angela was. With you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one, the, my favorite story of Angela baking ends oh, up with me throwing it on the floor and it, like, bouncing back. Or did it crack? <laughs> it might have bounced and cracked which doesn't oh sound like it should be possible okay for in my defense i believe i attempted to make a vegan recipe because a person that i was interested in at the time was into vegan recipes <laughs> just as like a general thing in the world he wasn't actually vegan but it interested him so i attempted to make this little vegan cake and it did not turn out well. Wait, did you end up giving it to him? I oh, think yeah. Did, right? Yeah, I think I did. And I'm pretty sure he threw it up. 
Ew. Wait, he threw it out or he threw it up? Like there, there was and there was a a gag reflex. Gag, his gag reflex was induced. <gasps> he very politely excused himself, but I'm ninety nine percent sure that's what happened. Did he swallow it first? I think he. I think he <laughs> ate like half of it. Oh dear. Yeah. This is sounding very. <laughs> Did he swallow it first? Oh my god. Well, it's like, it could have just been like, he chewed it and then like, like with the marzipan, how people couldn't finish it. So like, they didn't even get it down. Okay. <laughs> wow, I'm just a really <laughs> dirty-minded person. I am so sorry. You're good. You're I had totally had from the last episode we recorded. I was the last time. Angela was talking about doing something solo and I just like fully took it there. <laughs> I love it. Speaking of actually, now that I think of it, having dirty minds, because this is just now playing on mind. uh, Can I just say one thing? No. (laughs) I'm afraid. Go ahead. Princess Sophia. Oh my. (laughs) Oh, Jay, you're really going to have to edit out the Disney there. Oh my God. And she named it Princess Sophia. Is this like a porn reference you guys have? It kind of sounds like it, though, now that I'm saying, like, we're saying Oh, my God. Do I know this reference? You do. Amanda, would you like to lead us in? Uh, Yes. It's from the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. There's a scene where Andy Anderson, who's this, I don't know, a columnist, right, for this, like, fashion, super high-end fashion magazine, and she's dating this guy named Benjamin Barry, but the point that's earth her task that she's assigned by her boss is to like write an article on how to lose a guy in 10 days. And so there's a scene where she like, you know, she's trying to drive him away. And so she ends up like naming his penis, like princess Sophia. And it's it's just like this whole thing. And like, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's, it's funnier. I feel like I'm not explaining it as well as it is, but it's it's pretty great. I had never seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days until you showed it to us in college. Same. Amanda, we, Angela and I were having this little point of contention. We finished the movie, right? We finished watching it. I showed it to you guys? You did. You did. No, did I really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. What is with me forgetting all these things that happen? It's like I blacked out throughout my entire college career. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, I feel like, yeah, we did. See, I don't no? think we did because I don't remember anything after the love fern. No, we made it to the end because I told you, we get to where they sing, let's call the whole thing off to each other, and then the end. I didn't remember that at all. Like, I just watched this movie earlier today to refresh myself, and I did not remember that. Did you, like, dip out halfway through? I could have. I could have been distracted. Were, like... If we were eating, maybe I got really into what, like, what the food was in the later half of the movie. Oh, my gosh. Let's be honest. We were always eating. (laughs) There was always food when we were hanging out, and it was great. That's why hanging out with you was so fun. Aww. Thanks. Yes, I can bring out your inner, I don't know, food lovingness. So, Amanda, Mm -hmm. I know you, Angela told me you'd been doing a little introspection research. What defines a romantic comedy to you? How do you categorize oh them? How do you how do you clarify, define? Here's the thing. So when I first started thinking about like all like the romantic comedies that I, I've watched, I just feel like there's so many like 
they're all under like one big umbrella because you think about like the teen movies and then you like you know don't even get me started on the hallmark movies you know it's just like there's so many overlap there's so much overlap but like i guess for me which sounds kind of stupid but like there has to be romance and there has to be comedy and i feel it doesn't necessarily have to like focus entirely on two people's relationships but the central arc i guess is kind of it's it's intertwined with how the, the relationship grows or how it like falls apart and then comes back together what have you but yeah i don't know it's a little tricky i think i don't know what you guys think well for me for a romantic comedy i think that at the end, there has to be some couple that's together. Maybe it's not the couple you want. Maybe it's not the couple that they've been pushing for the first like three quarters of the movie. But there is some measure of a happy couple at the end. Hmm. Yes. I want to say yes. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that statement. I feel like for me, the two kind of markers are some characters self-development that they learn through the relationships throughout the plot and then typically funny things. It's funny just because I think stumbling through relationships, life is just funny. Mm. And I think they just emphasize those points a little more. I agree. Also very well said. Thank you. We've had practice. We've thought about (laughs) this a lot. Angela and I were thinking of doing a rom-com battle and we were picking different decades and picking different movies and there are just so many Mm. do you have a favorite one do you have a nostalgic one that you just you go back to and it's yes and I feel like you guys already know and it's not just one (laughs) it's two very specific movies and I feel like everybody who knows me knows because I'm constantly quoting them I know Uh, one of them do you okay she's the man Uh uh-huh Angela I was going for she's the man and how to lose a guy in 10 days both good guesses definitely all in my top two and I say top two because the first number one slot is like tied between she's the man and a Cinderella story oh I would not have pegged you for a Cinderella story not that I don't know any person of our generation that didn't love that movie Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't think with how film centric you Angela your grand is you would put that in the same level with some of the more like adult-oriented romantic comedies Mm, like how yeah like how to lose a guy in 10 days I think that was my first rom-com that I can remember but like I'm a sucker for that teen shit like no other (laughs) like freaking um to all the boys I loved before instantly fell in love with it I'm like 26 years old and I was like oh my god this movie just like have you seen the trailer for the third one (sighs) here's the thing Jay well first of all no Number two, I'm one of those people that was upset how the second movie played out. I just think it's like, it's oh my god, Jay and I watched the second one together, and she yelled at the TV the whole time, and I laughed at her yelling at the TV the whole time. I agreed, but it was really funny to watch. I feel like there were a lot of things about Lara Jean and her processes and the way she looks at relationships and dating. I'm like, her kind of like, okay, where are like, what are the rules? How are you doing things? Very similar to me. So watching a character execute that poorly just made me upset because it means the way I would like to pursue and work on dating is not going to work. So I have to like self-evolve. And also I'd like Jordan Fisher for myself. So I'm fine with it. I don't blame you. That man's voice is just like orgasmic. (laughs) I've loved him since like Liv and Maddie teen beach days. So like before everyone knew him, 
from To All the Boys, Dancing with the Stars, that stuff. Oh, I knew him from Grease Live. His little oh yeah, that too. Oh, that was so good. Mm -hmm. I think we saw it together, right? The night it came out, Angela. No, I don't think we did, but we definitely bonded over the soundtrack. Uh, because there was the did, was it the Jonas Brothers that sang "Cake yeah, the, the Ocean" cake. for oh, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sent it to you. I was like, "Oh my god, your song!" Oh my god. Yeah, to all the boys. So Angela and I are like not like in debate, but we unpopular opinions are also equally as fan of like the Kissing Booth trilogy on Netflix. <sighs> Sorry, I just need to take a deep breath. I had a feeling this was gonna get brought up, and I have very strong opinions about that movie. <laughs> Oh it's my okay. God. We're so I'm terrified. I'm ready to fight, Amanda. I'm ready. Oh, you love it? Oh my God. I love it. Angela, Amanda, I watched the second one pretty much like the month straight it came out. Like two months straight. No, only a month. I like caught myself at the first week of watching it every day. And then I learned the TikTok dance for it. I'm ready to like <laughs> fight you on these movies. This is the hill Jay's Particular, going to die Particularly on. the second one. I'm ready. Angela, you can moderate this. Go. Let me hear this. Oh my God. I mean, I wasn't really prepared for this, but... Okay, round one, fight. <laughs> okay, I, I, feel like it's, no, I feel like it's only fair, Jay, because here's the thing. I'm seeing it through the perspective, through the lens of, like, a mature adult, right? These are... Fighting teens. words have been thrown out. No, like, not like... Not that you can't be mature at that age, but it's just feelings can sometimes be so like extreme like you just feel things very deeply at that age like I I mean I remember like being that age and just like and I'm not trying to invalidate people's feelings who are going through this or like or at that point in their life but like you really feel like things are the end of the world and it, it's totally valid that's totally valid because that is your world at that time so for me and I, I, I argued with my sister because she is more open to this movie like I like after watching the second movie I was like this is a waste of my like two hours of my life like I can't believe I watched this I am so upset my sister told me like well but this is like that's like real life people like love makes you do dumb shit fucking what's his name Noah right is that the yeah. boyfriend just the dumb shit he was doing I was just like <laughs> just like unbelievably okay. triggered and just but like I said I you know, they were long distance, they're each other's like first series, like, you know, like, I, I, I understand, I guess it's just one of those movies where I just can't get into the romance, because I'm just so like, blocked by all like the freaking red flags that were popping up. Okay, I, I can, your feelings are valid. But like, here's where my main question comes in before I'm going to defend this movie to the death. It's the <laughs> exact same plot as to all the boys, the second movie. Like, yeah. if you strip them apart, it's the same movie. Yeah, and I also hate that movie. I also okay. hate the second movie. I just okay. like, ah. Okay, here's my thought. I think the first To All the Boys was better, but I think the second Kissing Booth was better than the second To All the Boys. I wanted to strangle Lara Jean by the end of that. Plus her bad wig just annoyed me to no end. I hate when Hollywood skimps on the hair. And clearly the hairstyles on all these sets are not POCs because they know how to work baby hairs. And clearly these people did not mm. i'm like i'm trying to digest what you just said like outweighing my hate i'm just kidding hate's a strong word trying to see i definitely had stronger feelings in kissing booth 
like more feelings were stirred for me. Yeah. So I guess in a way, I agree with your statement that the mm-hmm. second kissing booth was better than the second to all the boys I loved before. I will give you that one, Jay. Thank you. <laughs> so the thing for me, like, I guess here's the context for why the kissing booth hit me so hard. Something that I realized is in quarantine, in isolation as we all should be trying to do as much as we can socially responsibly you're only kind of accessing a few of your basic emotions and kind of feelings a day because you're not really changing your routine and it kind of gets monotonous when a moving like the kissing booth 2 comes out you can channel back to your 15 16 year old self in the scenes it elicits all kind of emotions that you haven't gotten to access in the past year because nothing's really been going on for me I was literally screaming at my TV during the dance scene when I knew she was going to freaking kiss Marco. Like I knew it. I was screaming at my TV because <laughs> none of my friends, rightfully so, have any dating drama or anything to kind of really be discussing because we're all being socially responsible. So getting kind of that anger, frustration of like, no, don't do the wrong thing. I just got really passionate over. And I also really think the Kissing Booth movies have really good soundtracks. I really like the soundtracks of both of those movies. And Noah Centineo and Taylor Zakar Perez can get it. <laughs> Question for you, Jay. Do you think, because I thought this for like a, a hot minute, right? They look exactly know. the same. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not. Okay. Sorry. So, you know, back in like early thousands, the, I guess, eye candy guy for everyone was Chad Michael Murray. And like, it just, I never saw it. Really? But he was. I, I feel like he was for some oh, no, he was. portion of people. Oh, he definitely was. I never saw it. Mm, okay. Well, do you think that Noah Centineo is this generation's Chad Michael Murray? I feel like I'm not qualified to answer that because I stopped watching The Fosters when he got on it. And I feel like Chad Michael Murray really built up his fan base from One Tree Hill and kind of the ups and downs of that show to make him the heartthrob he was in Like a Cinderella Story. So without his background on that, I don't feel confident enough to answer that. I feel like Noah Centineo would be, I'd put him more on a Zac Efron path because I feel like he had a glow up more Mm than, Chad Michael Murray kind of looked consistent throughout all of his work. I feel like Zac Efron had the 17 again glow up, which pisses me off because I liked him when he had the gap teeth on Summerland in like 2003 (laughs) before High School Musical, before he got super hot. He was like my first crush. We love a Jay who supports pre-glow up Zac Efron. Let me just Thank say. You. Oh my gosh. See, my big thing with the kissing booth is they picked someone who looked almost identical to the Noah character and added like a touch of diversity, a sprinkle. You know what? Yeah. Pivot, same pivot. jawline. They're not the same height, but like similar bone structure. Like they both do a decent arm day, but could do better. Every other leg day, <laughs> similar proportions, both wore chains. Angela really like got invested in like men wearing necklaces this summer. Okay, <laughs> it was in every single movie and TV show that was released. Everyone was wearing a chain. Connell and normal people, chain. Taylor Zakar Perez, a ca- oh I can't my god, Connell, it. holy shit. Okay, all right. Can we talk about this? Amanda, did you watch Normal People on Hulu? No. Oh, okay. I thought you didn't like it, and then I would be happier. Yeah. (laughs) I 
loved it. I was completely obsessed. I went on the roller coaster with them. I cried a lot. I recommended it to Jay because communication issues freaking communicate if you want him to stay for the summer or you want to stay with her for the summer ask her yes communication issues but at the same time you're watching this young couple in their late teens through their early 20s try to figure out they were second years in college if you had no place to stay for the summer and we're gonna be homeless you couldn't have asked your boyfriend to stay with him jay when you were a second year in college do you think you could have asked your boyfriend if you could have stayed with him if you had no place to go I can't imagine having no place to go, so give me a few minutes. Okay. All right. Well, while you, you know think who about else that. had communication issues? Elle and Noah. <laughs> you know why Lara Jean didn't have any communication issues? Because she wouldn't communicate with anyone. Oh, I agree. Yeah. She also had communication issues. I just wanted to point it out. Elle and Noah definitely fall under that uh, oh, category. Oh, of course. <laughs> Can we also just note for the second to all the boys, too? It really bothered me that the I still love you referred to what's her face mean girl peter's ex-girlfriend jenna? yes jenna? jenna what do you know it didn't yeah it did because when they talk about like the types of love that they have for each other and it's like we no longer like mean this to each other right now it's like but i still love you and i'm like that's what it refers to they should just get together you just maybe that'll be the big plot twist in three besides that well i don't want to spoil it for you amanda because you haven't watched the trailer but there's another thing just going into the third movie from the trailer that really bothers me because i don't think it makes sense for the plot line i don't want them i want them to break up yeah they well you know i'd be up. okay with that because i actually like when the couples don't end up together yeah i mean it happens but realistically it doesn't work out sometimes you know more times than not more times than not yeah like if everyone has every person in their life had three relationships and the third one stuck that means 67 percent of your dating didn't work mm, yeah sorry angel i know you don't like math it's all right you did it all for me so that's okay <laughs> yeah i don't like math either so i'm like yeah, yeah i think that when it comes down to the way that relationships are played out in film and television right now like we're really given an unrealistic expectation that everyone is going to work out and that they're all going to end in a happily ever after and it's only been in the last few years that we've had a more normalized look into the real complexities of relationships you want to know what kind of image i grew up wanting I wanted a relationship where my boyfriend would go flirt with girls in a bar to almost hooking up and then I would go stop it and thought that was healthy. Circa season two or three, episode one of Gossip Girl, when they go, when Chuck is at the bar flirting with a woman clearly older and like Blair stops and is like, no, what are you doing? I'm like, and then they go make out. And it's like, that's, that's what I wanted. That's what I was taught to think is like, that's the goal. That's what you oh want God. out of your boyfriend. That's how you know it's real. Oh my god! I mean, that's a real thing, though. That's a real kink people have is like seeing. It is, but Blair didn't. Together. They didn't, but they didn't have it as a kink. They just but thought no. It, it was actually that's what they did before. Yeah, to spice up things. Yeah, it's already, what they like, did to like, spice everything. up their life and then go have sex. Like mm. that's how it works. So I'm told. I haven't Not actually seventeen. <laughs> so nice save, Angela. So yeah. I'm told. Thank Not you very speaking much. from first-hand experience. <laughs> oh, I could totally see Angela doing that, though. Because like, the way I see it with Angela, it's a way to let out her crazy, but for him to think <laughs> that she's playing a role. 
Like, this is a game we've made up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, I mean, I think definitely as, oh, Jay, you're going to love this. In my late 20s, I've really just pulled back from the crazy and the ups and the downs. And I just want something very straightforward. Frankly, at this point, we can just like na- like come up with like a contract and just like spell everything out, like maybe include a few addendums or like we revisit this in a few years. But like, if these are our set parameters, and I just know everything, cool, let's go. Mm. I, I can like I can see your face in your face, Amanda, you're thinking like 50 shades of gray. Oh my god, yes. We oh all know god. that you want a red room, Angela. There's no shame in it. <laughs> I did um oh well now this is gonna bother me. I'm I think a movie that I just watched. It's a maybe it's a foreign film, maybe it's not a foreign film, but I think they actually had a, days. Oh, maybe it was 365 days. I thought they had a red room. But it's the new it's the new Fifty Shades. I haven't seen it, but I saw it on TikTok. Amanda, have I you haven't seen, seen it? it? No, I haven't seen it. But I've heard things, and my conclusion is it's trash. <laughs> Sex things. Oh my god! I okay. I need someone to watch this so I can talk about the ending. Finally, I have so many feelings about the ending. I don't even know the plot. I just know it's dirty, like Fifty Shades. Okay, so it starts out. There's an Italian mafia boss. He's standing on a rooftop watching a woman on a beach. He gets shot, almost dies. The last thing he remembers is her face. He then obsesses over her for five years and believes that she's the one for him. She saved him, that they are meant to be together and meant to be in love. Flash forward five years. This woman comes back to Italy. He runs into her by chance again, then kidnaps her and tells her that he will hold her for 365 days so that she can fall in love with him. And at the end of that, if she doesn't love him, He'll let her go. That feels like Phantom of the Opera, but like more toxic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Phantom of the Opera with like an actual ending because the Phantom was just going to keep her forever. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's a little obviously, realistically, that's toxic as fuck. Oh, yeah. Is it maybe kind of a, a fantasy of some people? Sure. I will give them that. Here's the thing. Oh, my God. I'm like putting my foot in my mouth, but like. I don't know what it is. I'm, I think I'm just going through something <laughs> where I'm just kind of like, like, no, like I'm tired of like these toxic relationships being shown on like films and TVs and like people thinking this is normal because even the movies that I love, the movies that I just said, you know, she's the man is a Cinderella story. I wouldn't say they're like toxic, extreme toxic, you know, relationships, but there's definitely aspects of certain characters where I'm like, hmm. I like and you know these are geared towards teenage girls and so I remember being you know when I was watching these back in like fifth grade sixth grade I don't even remember how long ago now I don't even remember when they came out but like just thinking like oh my god like I want a relationship like that oh mine was Corey and Topanga oh they're like they're beautiful okay wait Amanda I completely just remember this you being the amazing TV writer, human oh film person you are. Angela has now become really into like manifestation, crystals, astrology, kind of birth charts kind of thing. What? So like to add to this. <laughs> Why does Angela seem like she doesn't know? <laughs> of attraction, rain men. I'm here. I'm single. I'm ready. 
So basically what I just said. Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just heard my words regurgitated back to me. Dear Lord. If you were to put Angela and I in a rom-com that you think is like healthy, as non-problematic as possible, like give us our plot lines. I always imagine someone taking my cab, but like whatever you envision for us, like I want to hear it. Oh yeah, I totally okay. see myself falling down. And not with each other. And in case I need to <laughs> Okay. Um, well, my first thought, and, and, and hear me out on this, and I guess not really a plot twist, but just kind of like the 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 core of this thing is that you two your your friendship your love for each other it, it, it's it, it's the main relationship if that makes sense kind of like a buddy so you're like frozening us so for like a good no, time I mean, call I don't know I don't know that movie <laughs> wait oh oh my god okay <laughs> I don't know like I mean guys do it like there's movies with like two bros who do it like you know what I mean like where guys are like they're after a girl or something or like they're trying to do something but it's like a buddy film kind of so that'd be kind of like the twist but obviously okay here hold on give me a second to think about this because i could definitely see you two in a rom-com that is a okay. fact that okay is a fact. you you think angela and i can ramble on for a little bit you you take your time yes just tell us when you're ready Okay. All right, Jay, I want you to tell me the one rom-com you think people need to see. Well, other than The Kissing Booth 2, obviously. Yes. Oh, gosh. There are so many good ones. I get torn between The Ugly Truth and I think The Proposal's always good. Betty White. Betty White just turned 99, I think. She did. Like, that's always a solid one. But I feel like The Ugly Truth is one of my favorites. You've never seen it, right? I haven't. That's Katherine Heigl and Gerard Butler, right? Okay. Basically, she's an uptight prick at a job and he is not like a relationship coach, but he's he's he works with couples and kind of he's very your stereotypical misogynistic kind of guy. And Katherine Heigl's trying to date her younger sister just got engaged. And what I like about it is it's very patriarchal misogynistic, but I think it always kind of gives me at least a little reminder of what you see is what you get men. And I think humans are simpler than we give them credit for. If he's not calling you, he doesn't want to call you. And although we all don't want to play games, don't want to have to manipulate, do a bunch of things. I think some of it, we need to care more about what we're looking for than what other people are going to see in us. And that's the message I always get from that movie. And the proposal, you get Betty White singing Get Low by the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> It's um, I, I, I think it is. It's it's the Yin Yang twins and Lil John, and a couple others. I think, but good job. Thank you. What about you, Angela? What's yours? I think for me, who doesn't get the happy ending? Oh, so um, this is actually Julia Roberts in My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, it's the story of a food critic and traveling sports writer who are best friends, and at one point he expressed interest. I don't, okay, I don't remember his name, but he expressed interest in Julia Roberts, whose character is actually also named Jules, but she kind of like turns him down and says like, oh, we're just friends, but at the same time always expects him to be there. So flash forward X amount of years and he calls her to let her know that he's actually going to be getting married and he wants her to come to the wedding. And she instantly freaks out and goes to the wedding with the intent of derailing it and expressing her feelings and 
make and having her best friend realize that he's still in love with her and that they're meant to be together. So she does all of these crazy things, but never actually tells him that she wants to be with him until his wedding day. And of course, his fiance, played by Cameron Diaz, finds out. And there's this huge chase scene. And the big takeaway from that for me was so Jules calls up her best friend and explains the situation to him while she's frantically chasing her other best friend who is chasing his fiance and the guy on the phone tells her like wait Jules if she's running away and he's chasing her who's chasing you he's like you're not winning in this situation it's like you need to back off dang that's deep yeah so I think that if anything like that's the big takeaway that I really love from the rom-com it's that not just because you really want to be with someone and you really think that you're the best match for someone it doesn't mean that it goes both ways and sometimes love is just learning when to let go and accept that it will never be a romantic love but it's a familiar it's a familial love ouch speaking of familial love i finally (laughs) have the kind of messed up messed up in the sense that it's like everywhere but like the plot We're for you guys for rom-com. Here's the thing why it was a little difficult for me to like. It's not like one of you is like the side chick friend. Like, no, both of you are the fucking star of this movie. We are and an ensemble cast. We love it. Yes. There's no person who's like the main character over the other. It's both of you. I have my notes. <laughs> I literally jotted this out. Like, Can you, you send me a screenshot time? of that? It's, okay, yes. It's kind of everywhere. But this is how my mind works. Okay. So basically... So Angela and Jay, here's the, the, the kind of uh, world setting, I guess, we're kind of, I guess would be New York, you know, very sex in the city. Like you guys have like awesome jobs. Angela would be like, a super well-known columnist, Carrie Bradshaw vibes. Jay Ooh. would like be like a high-end fashion designer or something like that. Um, or a celebrity chef. I don't know. Basically, you guys have awesome jobs. You have Love awesome those. lives. Love my mm-hmm. options. <laughs> And basically, the, I guess the premise, so Angela has to cover her, her story. She has to cover a fancy charity ball fundraiser. And so she's trying to find the perfect date, kind of how to lose a guy in 10 days vibes, right? And, okay. But in the background, both Jay and Angela have this guy friend who Jay has known, has like been in love with Angela for so fucking long. And I think he's been pretty clear to Angela, but Angela being Angela was like, no, like we're just good as friends. You know, she just kind of- Same page, Amanda, same page with you. (laughs) I hear you. (laughs) Like Angela, like, you know, Angela has aspirations. And like, I mean, she does love this friend, but the thing is, is that, you know, he's so, you know, average, I guess. (laughs) Oh, damn, I sound like, I sound terrible. No, 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 not, not is, like- is it like it's like Steve, like Charlotte Steve, right? That's just not Charlotte. Miranda Steve, right? From Second yes. City. Yes, mm-hmm. like she's like this badass. Like she's like very um, quirky and just knows how to like, um, you know, she's no. Bad. I get the vibe. I get she's, the vibe. She's with her words, but she's also really cool. She's lovable, Angela. Okay, don't don't get me wrong. <laughs> Your character is lovable, okay. but like okay. you just. You have this idea of the perfect guy in your head. And for lack of a better person, Steve, this isn't it for you, you know? But you love him, just in a familial way. 
anyway, so you've been like going, you know, trying to find the perfect date. You're dating all these guys. Jay's kind of fed up because she's like, bro, Steve's in love with you. Like, get your shit together. Like, like, I know you're, you think he's gonna, you know, you're looking for someone to give you like marble halls and all this crap but like <laughs> he loves you man i love this so much so this is like a string of tension between them right and obviously this is like a really important event so like obviously angela wants to also take somebody that's gonna like impress her bosses really kind of make a name for herself like this is her big break which is also why it's kind of a big deal like it just isn't it doesn't just have to do with the fact she wants a hot guy like she needs somebody impressionable like she thinks this is really gonna like help her break through and make make a name for herself more than she already has. Anyways, jumping to Jay's storyline. So Miss Jay, high-end fashion designer, celebrity chef, basically she a bad bitch. Um, She is very similar to Angela, kind of, in the sense where she has certain aspirations for the men or the man she wants. (laughs) The 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 man she wants in her life. She ends up falling in love with the dad with a heart of gold and he owns like his own little business and like he just really kind of like you know because jay's used to this like high-end clothes this like life in the fast lane and this guy just really slows her down and she's very resistant to it at first and angela is also kind of like jay open your fucking eyes and jay's like you're being a fucking hypocrite and like obviously there's other shit going on i don't know what other shit going on with their friendship and so there's a lot of tension with them. It ends up in this big fight, right? Where you kind of, you know, in the terms of like a film, it kind of reaches that like climax point where like they just have a huge fight. It's like they're both at their lowest low. It doesn't look like Angela might not even go to the fundraiser. All this crap. They make up, you know, their friendship is just so strong. They're really there for each other. And they both get together with the right men. AKA dad with heart of gold and Steve. The end. I love that. I only have one question. Yes. How do I meet this father? And how old is the child? The child has to be old enough to like interact with Jay. Because I feel that's part of the charm that Jay also falls in love with the child. You know what I mean? And maybe. I'm wonderful. Maybe the child like kind of reminds Jay of a younger version of herself. You know? Oh my god. And the dad is like a I don't know. Like maybe he owns his maybe he owns a little restaurant and they kind of relate in that way, you know, but it's not like a big fancy luxury restaurant that you know Jay's used to managing and running or whatever. Like this this guy's just like does like home style meals and he's very humble with heart of gold. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's it. That's what I came up in like five oh my minutes. Gosh. This, that, that was, was really cute. I want this to go into production. I got you. Amanda, you should become a TikToker and just like put like not all your ideas, but you should like say TV shows you want to come to fruition and get them to blow up like the Ratatouille musical or the Bridgerton musical. Like you have great ideas. Bridgerton idea. musical? On TikTok, they're working on it. What? Wow. Okay. Can I also that say is- too, I went into Barnes and Noble today and literally the girl at the help desk rolled her eyes. I walked up and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to ask your least favorite question. Do you have any more copies of The Duke and I? She rolled her eyes and walked away and asked another woman to help me. <gasps> How old was, was the woman? It was so funny. I, I don't know. I gauge her at like maybe her early 30s, but like I get it. I'm sure everyone is coming in and asking for that book. I'm a little salty. Were- 
They were completely <laughs> out as well, but that's okay. They're all for free. Well, we can get them through our library for free audiobooks, the whole series. Oh, I'm going to have to look into that. Mm. Amanda, that was great. I love it. I see it. I'm ready for it to happen. Angela, we apparently have to move to New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have to start wearing ball gowns. Yeah, you do. Just going to all these fancy stuff, like leaving a trail of broken hearts wherever you go. Pretty does that. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Called out. <laughs> I think it would be great. Well, obviously, yes. I definitely want your guys' friendship to really be a central point of it would have to be because that's just you guys. You guys' friends. I mean, you guys have been friends already for uh, a long time. I can't do math, but a long time. Six years? Seven years? Yeah. Six, 2014. Oh, no, we're in 2021. My bad. Sorry, I skipped over last year. Seven years. I just kind of skip over. I just kind of skip it over. It's okay, Jay. I think we all do. (laughs) That was great. Now, Angela, let's put Amanda in a rom-com. Oh, God. Ooh. I see her as, like, a hardworking, like, intern at, like, some kind of writing room. And being really frazzled all the time, having like a PA spill coffee on her first day and her getting like super like annoyed when she's going to meet, like to pitch her ideas. Oh my God. Yes. I see Amanda walking into a studio for like one of the streaming platforms like Hulu or Netflix. And she's like rushing around, like trying to get herself prepared, like putting on her blazer, like changing it to the heels. And as she's coming around a corner, not paying attention, and then there's a frazzled PA, and then they slam into each other, and everything goes everywhere. Coffee spells, everything. Papers fly everywhere. And then you go into your pitch, and they love it. But they say like they want they want it to go to pilot super quick. You have a week and a half to get everything together. And then they assign you the PA that slammed into you earlier. And you're already sort of upset with him because he made you look unprofessional. Like you're I imagine you wearing something light colored and now you have coffee stains on it. And you had to hand over some like coffee soaked pages to the people who were going to read your script. So you're very annoyed. You don't really trust him. He's like very green, trying to like work his way up and so he's trying to like be very people pleasing towards you but at the same time like you're not giving in and so eventually like you Ooh, guys can I kind of have it out yes go ahead okay so in kind of your whole frazzle thing of trying to get this and he's like trying to help and give ideas and like you're just like no like you will not take his ideas like he's trying to help be helpful and do what he can but you're like you're not helping like did you even read this like you're not helping me at all and then like what you find out one night after you've been up all night pulling an all night or falling asleep at your desk like with all these papers crumpled and tossed out you see like a copy he left for you with notes and like some really good ideas but like you don't want to admit that like he had the good ideas but you also don't want to take his credit slowly start to like kind of come in this is probably where like a montage happens of you two like slowly getting together and like working together becoming more buddy buddy friends and stuff and then comes the day of the big pitch your competitor locks you in a closet slashes your tires for some reason you can't get to the pitch and then who do you call who finds you in that closet the pa and he rushes you in a little <laughs> golf cart across the lot so that you can make it there in time and and you pitch it together Yes. And then you let them know that he's actually a co-creator. They love it. They want to take you to series for 
11 episodes and see what happens. And then the next montage we get is you guys working together over the next year, developing it, flash forward to your red carpet debut. And there in front of all the reporters, he declares that he's super happy to have met you. And then you guys kiss. Wow. I mean, you guys got me spot on. The, yeah. But you see, I like the, the idea of <laughs> not knowing if you guys actually end up together after the kiss. I feel like of that's course. very Amanda. <laughs> Wait, what the? No, what just like the intrigue, just the intrigue. Like you're you're very private when it comes to your personal life. Like you're not one to make a big deal out of it. So I could see you very much like maybe you had like like big PDA moment, but then after that, no one like none of the paparazzi knows what's happening. You don't DTR. Okay, I could see that. Okay, like okay. that's left for the sequel where maybe in the first 10 minutes we're kind of left thinking that you two aren't an item and then all of a sudden we see you going to dinner and who do you meet at the restaurant frazzled pa guy that's like new girl the like the seventh season beginner where jess is with like the gay guy oh "Oh my god what the heck like no (laughs) all right all right i'm down for it angela write it (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'll see what i can do Oh my gosh. That was great, you guys. Wow. You guys just did it on the spot. I had to like think and like move things around in my brain. There were two of us. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. And both of you are kind of like one complete whole. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's why Angela wants us to make a dating app profile together. Okay. So, Jay. Like told- a Frank- wait, 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 wait. Like a Franken person? Like a Franken profile? <laughs> like the best of both of you? In this dating profile? No. Okay. Why? So (laughs) there are two separate options here. So one, in the past, I've literally like opened my dating profile, but I only used pictures of myself and Jay. And I was like, hey, best friend swiping for a best friend. Didn't get a lot of hits on it. But on TikTok now, this is a trend. People know more about it. They feel a little better about it, allegedly as I'm told through these TikTok videos. So I think we could either do that option now and swipe for each other, or someone was telling me that there's a dating app for friends or friend groups where you create a profile of like two or more people together and you say like, hey, like we're two like best friends, like looking for two other friends to go on a double date with. So you want a foursome is what I'm hearing. Oh dear God. Hey, we're two best friends looking for our the third musketeer. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're gonna pass on that. Uh, we're just looking for like safety and numbers, and to not have to meet strangers on the internet. Like, alone. <laughs> I learned threesomes from Gossip Girl. You never have sex with one of your friends in a threesome. It messes things up. Oh my mm. god! Yes, the Dan. Vanessa, Olivia Triangle. Oh my god! I forgot her name was. I forgot her name was Olivia on that show. Have you seen The Ugly Truth? I have. Ooh. What are your thoughts? I have mixed feelings, Jay. Okay. Because there's a part of me, and here's the thing. This is where, like I said earlier, like I'm putting my my foot in my mouth because I know there's a lot of rom coms that like have like problematic things, 
but oh, I still yeah. love them nonetheless. Mm-hmm. I don't know, don't like I, I don't think I even understand why my dislike for Kissing Booth 2 and to all the boys I love before too is so strong. I don't know. Maybe I'm just some like salty bitch. I don't know. Anyways, point is, uh, ugly truth. I love the dynamic between the mm-hmm. two main characters. I think they have a really I'm- good chemistry. I think the idea of like how they fall in love, you know, intriguing and it's different, but like, oh my God, I don't even remember his name. Gerard Butler's character though. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like, just like the things that they do, like all the stereotypes they play into about both men and women. Yep. And it's just, sometimes it's cringy. Yeah. But I also kind of like the, that like battle of the sexes type of thing like I don't I don't know if you've seen the movie it's a boy girl thing no who's in it uh what's his name the guy who played Alec in this the the Mortal Instruments movie with Lily Collins Alexander no no what's his name oh my god I think it's Kevin Kevin I might butcher this Kevin Zygers I don't know who that is by name but I'll look him up okay well similar premise of like battle of the sexes it's like intriguing but i just feel like with those kind of movies you tend to get a lot of like that kind of sexist things you know problematic statements oh definitely i feel like the thing though that we do need to remember in kind of those very stereotypical leaning misogynistic movies is i i don't feel like you can take a lot of way but I do think some of the points he makes about like her being like, oh, well, what if he looks like he, 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 if he wanted to call you, he would have called you. And I feel like girls always make excuses and overthink and try to justify it. So I like some of those messages. Like if he wanted to make time for you, he would have made time for you. As much as like, I'm someone who's like, I hate playing the texting game. If he responded in two hours, I'm going to wait two hours and five minutes. Like I don't have time for that. I'll text you when I text you. And if it happens to, and if I, God forbid, happen to double text you, like, it doesn't mean I'm in love with you and want to make your babies. It just means I had more to say and I forgot to say it in my first message. And that kind of stuff, I feel like some of those more misogynistic kind of defining gender roles are true. There are parts of that movie that are true, which is why it resonates. But I don't think the overall message – I think the overall message is definitely pa- – not patriotic, <laughs> patriarchal. <laughs> well said, Jay. Yes. Thank you. And you tell them, like, bitch, just because I double text you don't mean I want to marry you. Like, don't mm-hmm. like, don't think too highly of yourself, man. Like, I'm a hot commodity. <laughs> exactly. I think a big thing also, um, one of the quotes my therapist said, Maya Angelou, that she said on one of Oprah's Soul Cycle, or not Soul Cycle, gosh, God darn it, Super Soul Sundays, <laughs> was when it's like when people show you who they are, believe them. Don't make up the story in your head about people that you want to play out and make excuses for them because they're their own independent human with autonomy and can choose what they want to do. And if they're choosing to not spend their time with you, they're choosing to not spend their time with you and you can move on or you can communicate. Wow. Jay, you're uh, officially my uh, relationship therapist starting now. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Anytime. Solid advice, people. Listen to Jay. Thank you. By the way, Angela, we were talking about uh, The Ugly Truth. Oh, okay. I was like, what movie is this? (laughs) 
Now, these aren't romantic comedies, but I feel like it's a miss to go a whole month and talk about romantic movies. Um, in the episode with my other friend, we talk, we go through the Twilight Saga, all oh, five my- movies. But I feel like it would be a miss to not talk about the father of romance novels. Not like romance, like dirty novels, but like romantic movies. Nicholas Sparks. Mm. <sighs> I Here's the thing. I feel like his movies are more romance than anything. Yes, definitely. But I mean, yeah, I mean, as soon as you said Nicholas Sparks, the first movie that came into my head was freaking A Walk to Remember. That Same movie is here. my shit. That movie's my shit. Like I hmm. thought Angela said she had never seen a Nicholas Sparks movie. So I put it on the first beat of the song starts. And Angela's like, oh, is that A Walk to Remember? And then I'm like, I thought you told me you didn't watch Nicholas Sparks. She's like, well, I don't anymore. I gave it up. It's like, oh, okay, well, then I put on another movie. I gave it up because A Walk to Remember and a a few other very sad Nicholas Sparks movies were played a lot during my childhood. And they, they were traumatizing, honestly. Okay, so Nicholas Sparks has a ton of money well he has a ton of money but he also has a ton of movies (laughs) so i'm gonna quickly like run through the list and just like you can either give your opinion a one minute summary however you feel are you guys ready and if you haven't seen him just skip are you ready okay yes ready the lucky one poor casting never seen it okay piper from orange is the new black with zach efron just imagine that that's the movie yeah poor casting the reason it was such poor casting is because Zac Efron always played younger, and I believe it's Taylor Schilling always played older. So even though in this context they are around the same age, it could work. It didn't make sense because it looked like a cougar situation. I, I was about to say, I'm picturing a cougar situation right now. Just it's based- not because of the way their their careers have gone. Hmm. Safe Haven, Robin Trebotsky, and two adorable kids. I haven't seen that one. Is that the one with um, Julianne Julianne Huff? Josh Duhamel. That movie's intense. Yeah. Josh Duhamel, I have have mixed feelings about this guy because he's in a number of rom-coms, I feel. Um, The only other one I know him in is Life As We Know It. And One in Rome. One in Rome. Oh, is he in that one? Oh, I didn't see that one. I only saw that one once. I, I, I don't know. I feel like he tends to play the same... Character. character. Josh yeah. Dumel doesn't have... play himself. He doesn't play a character. Yeah. He plays himself. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Side note. Who does Kristen Bell end up with and win in Rome? I think Josh, Josh Dumel. Dumel. Yeah. Huh. LL Doc Shepard. Because I know. Oh yeah, he's in that movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's how that's how Kristen and Dax met. Oh my god. Oh, gosh. that's yes. cute. Because Dax Shepard made a promise to the like PA or to the director, or whatever. He's like, I promise we will not break up until this movie's over. And he wanted to break up, but he had made the commitment. So that's why they stuck it out. And now they're married with kids. Oh, my Lord. Angela, one of my favorites, The Best of Me, with James Marston and Michelle Monaghan. No, absolutely not. You do not get to leave a romantic voicemail telling the love of your life that she is the best of you and you can't wait to be with her and how great your life is going to be after all of these years apart. Then get jumped and murdered by the ignorant people of your town and have your heart donated to the love of your life's son. Weren't those his brothers? Still ignorant people of the town. Wow. 
That one sounds fucking intense. One of my favorites because what I love so much about it is it you see them meet as younger kids and then for some reason he goes to prison and then you kind of jump to them as adults and as they fall back in love. I, I love the letter he reads to her at the end. It, it crushes me every time. And I made Angela watch it. I, and she really I sobbed. We had to pause the movie and I think I sobbed for 30 minutes. Like big well, first heart she didn't engine get sobs. The first part of the movie, I'm just like, I don't know why you like this movie. I don't get it. And the very last scene, which is my favorite, where you hear the voicemail he leaves for her and gets Angela. And she's like, and then when she sees the part about the heart, spoiler alert, she just gets so angry. Oh, because you cannot man. tell me that you worked all of that out and now his heart is in her son's body okay dear john they don't end up together that's my review i feel i, I i've seen the movie but it was a while ago and i was kind of half interested I, I i don't know about you guys but i felt like channing tatum and amanda cypher didn't really have like a strong chemistry I love that around that time, it's when also The Vow came out with Rachel McAdams and people kept making the meme, and none for Gretchen Wieners. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. No, I felt overall they weren't that great together, but I liked the way they carried out their story, but I didn't like who she ended up with at the end. Oh, yeah. Knights and Redonde. That's an old people one. I didn't see that one. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's the one with Richard Gere, right? Oh, yeah, I haven't seen that. I, I know which one it is, but I haven't seen it for similar reasons that Jay just stated. <laughs> well, actually, it came, the sad thing is it came out after A Walk to Remember and The Notebook. Mm. But it was about more senior people to us, so I didn't care as much. Yeah. Okay. Angela, did you see it? I did not. Thank you. Next, The Notebook. <laughs> Classic. Ugh. Classic. That's the only thing I can say about The Notebook. And Vanessa Bryant has that blue dress. Those are my two facts. Oh, very, um, yeah. Just all the feels. The, the ending scene never fails to make me sob. Like, I literally, like, I can't see the movie because of all the tears that are coming out of my eyes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, everything about it is wonderful, except for maybe those last 10 minutes that get you and just the tears that don't end. Message in a bottle, again more senior people i have not watched it same Same. a walk to remember just the the scene where she straddles the two states and he's like it's so you can be in two places at once my heart i just want a boy to take me i mean i'd prefer to be at kind of the part in the alps where it's switzerland italy and france but like still like the concept is there yes just like mandy moore too it's just she's perfect and freaking I don't know. Shane West? Shane yes. West. Oh my God. They had a great chemistry. I feel. Yeah. They just, I don't know. They were just like, it's cute. It's a cute movie. And, they, and and it has a great soundtrack, I feel. It does. Really great movie. Cancer element. Really traumatizing as a child, though. Mandy Moore also like had a crush on Shane West. She's one of those characters where like, because she was so young, like she felt oh. her character. Oh, that makes I sense. Love that. That makes sense why you like feel that kind of, you know, because she likes him. Oh, then yeah. why the the last, is the last song not a Nicholas Sparks book? I thought it was a Nicholas Sparks book. It's not in this list. I think it is. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, R.I.P. Milam, Lily, 
I don't, I don't know what their ship name was. I can't watch that movie now that Liam and Miley have gone through so much. It just hurts. Aww. I actually think the last song is my second favorite Nicholas Sparks movie. Hmm. I haven't read Definitely. any of the books, so I can only speak to the movies right now. Same. Yeah. I think the only Nicholas Sparks book I've read is A Walk to Remember. And it's actually completely different than the movie. Way different. Oh. But um, what, what, what movie were we just talking about? The last song. The last song. Oh, yeah. Come on. You, you can definitely feel the chemistry there. Holy shit. When they kissed, I felt that. I felt the electricity. <laughs> and that beautiful scene when she goes to the wedding in that great dress. The purple dress. Yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm just remembering the plot. And then her, when she learns that he was one of the people that was, like, responsible for her father's death. Oh, oh my God. That was great. Was that it? Was that the list, Jay? No, there's more. I'm just I'm just remembering that movie. Oh, really? No, there's there's, there's <laughs> two more. Sorry. We'll have to fact check you, but that's okay. There's two more. Then we have The Choice, which is one of the newer ones. I love this one. Angela didn't get the feels as much as she I thought she would, but maybe, again, there's a hospital element, so maybe that was that one. I, I think Wait, that's it. Is this the one with, like, the, the guy that's, like, a, a vet, veterinarian? Yes. And, like, her, his neighbor... I couldn't get into that one. I haven't finished it. Okay. I really liked it just because I really love the actress, Teresa, whatever her name is. She was mm. in that, like, zombie movie with Nicholas Holt. Warm Bodies? Yes. I think. Yes. Thank you. Yes. She was in that movie with him. And I just liked that one. I loved, like, the South Carolina accents. And I loved how he'd always call her lady with, like, a Southern accent. <laughs> that is I thought great. That was- Take notes, Ellis. Love- Jay loves to be called lady. Well, no, I like the accent more than the words. Oh, okay. And then there's one more. The one I'm sure Angela has been waiting for this whole time. The Longest Ride. My movie. Which to, me, to me, that one, I like the soundtrack off that one the best. That's my favorite soundtrack of the Nicholas Sparks. That one's just perfect. Except Clint Eastwood's a Trump supporter. So I'm afraid his son's a Trump supporter. And then that just makes me sad. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> Scott Eastwood is perfect. Like, if you look at his face, it's perfect. Oh, my gosh. I actually haven't seen that Robertson movie. and a sorority. You didn't see The Longest Ride? Mm-mm. That one's a it. great story. Wait, so really? Basically- mm-hmm. I could have sworn we okay. saw that together. So The Longest Ride, it's a great story. So Britt Robertson's a sorority girl. She's, like, learning to be an art collector. And Scott Eastwood's a bull rider. And he gets injured. Did you guys freeze or did you just stop talking? I can't tell. We just oh, no, talking. I'm just listening. We're waiting for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Because yeah. you, you were both looking at me I'm like, am I wrong? Like, no, 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 beginning. no. Proceed, proceed. Oh, and then it's a rainy night and they see a car pulled over on the side of the road, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Then it's this older gentleman who they take to the hospital who has a bunch of letters from his wife that Britt Robertson starts to read to him. And so then you start paralleling and following that love story from like World War One, so the 1930s, 40s. Yes. That story along with the story of this, this committed bull rider who frankly needs to give up his career because he keeps getting too injured. And this art collector who wants to go move to New York and be like all fancy schmancy, but is now falling in love with this like country guy. Who has an established life in South Carolina? 
No, that was that was the choice. I don't think. No, I think they're farther south. To, hmm? Are they all in South Carolina? They could all be in South Carolina because I think Safe Haven also takes place in South Carolina. I think Nicholas Sparks might be from one of the Carolinas. <laughs> you can fact check this. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically like them needing to like figure out like their choices and do they want their careers more and the ideas of what they think that their life should be or do they want to be with each other? Wow. And in the end, Amanda, they. Okay, he does a spoil it. I am. I'm going to spoil it because I've spoiled so many other things this episode. So we're going for it. <laughs> so in the end, he gives up bull riding and goes after her. And so, spoiler, the unfortunately, the old man passed away and he had an extensive art collection. And so Britt Robertson's character goes um, to just to see it and view it because like she would love to have these things and work with things like it. And there are a lot of art, other art collectors there. So it's a great way, way for her to network as well as honor his memory. Scott Eastwood shows up right as the auction is beginning. And the first item is this child's drawing that nobody bids on. But because it's part of this guy's famous collection, he thinks that it's something it's something good to give Britt Robertson. So he gives all of it. He like, I think he got like, it's a picture of his wife. Yeah. It's a child's drawing picture of his wife. He like took like his prize money. I think it's like $5,000 or something. He's like $5,000 and he bids on it. He's the only one he gets it. And immediately they call the auction off and they let everyone know that they can go home because there's a stipulation in the auction contract from the, from the donator that says anybody who bids on this drawing automatically gets the entire connection, the entire collection. (laughs) Because this is the most important and treasured piece between him and his wife. So the person who sees the value here should have everything. So, oh my God. They get the the art collection is worth millions. Yeah. And she gets to open her own gallery right there and be with him but still have her career and like everything that she'd hoped for wow that's so cute all right Mm -hmm. definitely gonna uh watch this maybe tonight we'll see (laughs) oh that one's nice so we went through nicholas sparks we went through romantic comedies amanda wrote us a lovely romantic comedy (laughs) which i'm excited to help produce and market in any way possible you have a platform to advertise when it's ready. I, know. Oh God, I can't no. wait to see who's going to play us. I'm trying to think. I have no idea. You guys can decide um, who plays you, I feel. It's only fair. Hmm. See, being that Hollywood needs a little bit more diversity, my main choices are Constance Wu, Ali Wong, or Lana Condor. So I think we'd probably have to go with an unknown role for mine. Mm, I love that, Jay. I love that for you. Yes. Thank you. Same, because I can't picture anybody who looks like me right now. Same, because nobody's at my level, <laughs> is what I just heard, Angela. <laughs> like, I'm trying to think of, like, Latinx actresses, but I can't I can't think of any that you really look like me. The like, only I person I can think of because of her hair, but she's already kind of older and we need somebody. Oh! And she sells essential oils. She's an MLM too. She sells essential oils, guys. Hate to break it to you. Oh. No. Jay, this is like earth shattering news. I'm oh sorry. My God. I take it back. I take it back. No. Okay, good. 
I can see it because of the hair, but yeah, we'll think of someone new. You know what? I like that. And actually that kind of works for me because I'm a big, I feel like I would want fresh faces, you know, and like anything I produce or write. Let's get more faces out there. Here, here. That was the end of my comment. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because we already did the intro and outro, so how, how do we even call this? Usually I'd segue into the outro. I mean, I mean, I, I don't know. Would you like to maybe thank our guest, show some courtesy? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> Amanda. Oh, wait, are you frozen? No. Oh, no. Okay. I, I just, I'm just enjoying the, the show that's happening right here. <laughs> Real time. Oh, my God. Amanda, thank you very much for joining us today. Like, we're so happy that we could have you and talk about movies with you. And please come back anytime that you want. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, guys. I had a fun time. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. You are too. We miss you a lot. Really though. Oh. Come up here and we can get food. Yeah, I'm just, I'm literally just going to go up just to um, get some of Jay's baked goods. Please do. Because I just feel like I'm constantly hearing Jay talking about like all the baked goods she's like making or like the project she wants to work on. And I'm like over here in my little corner like. I want some of that. <laughs> Amanda, it's what happens when you're unemployed. You have a lot more time for projects. Oh, uh, who knows? But you don't <laughs> You knows? don't even get half of the baked goods that like Angela has to hear about like weekly or every few weeks. Oh my gosh, yes. And then I don't even get any. Thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Join us next week. But for now, grab your coffee bowl and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at InOmniaPod on Instagram and let us know what you thought about today's episode. Bye. Bye.